You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry from FMB Wealth and Investment. Wayne, Davos. Have you ever been to Davos? Do you like Davos? Yes. Do you think it's a useful thing? Have you been to Davos? I have been to Davos, yes. Okay. to the World Economic Forum. Oh, what so were you just skiing or something? You whenever you just thought just that it was a work function. Um, and uh, so whenever people ask if I've been to Davos, I say yes, and I'm not lying, but I haven't been to the World Economic Forum at Davos. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in that league, and, and, unfortunately. Well, you are in that but league yeah. intellectually and academically and financially, but why was a work function in Davos? Couldn't they have gone to Kimberley or the, the Drakensberg no, was, or something? <laughs> No, it wasn't paid for by my company. It was in the bad old days, in the terrible bad old days, yes. when stockbroking firms used to entertain their clients in the 90s. Oh, which is politically incorrect now because it's, yeah. Well, I, I, it's not just politically incorrect, it is legally, it is statutorily incorrect. It's a crime. Gosh. I and, and, and rightly so and justifiably so. I don't know. When, when I was working at Summit TV, remember Summit TV in the old days? I used to get presents from people. I used to get elaborate presents as well. I remember I got a Mont Blanc yes. pen and a, a case of champagne and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Now but there's you can, absolutely nothing. You can, you can still give presents. Mm. You, you, in fact, can still give presents and that, but not in a business relationship where we give out... Um, brokerage to brokers and get their research. They can't entertain us. So in other words, where we pay people money, we can't. Our clients, we can still gift, you know. But yeah, and, and I think justifiably so as well. Because certainly, you know, in the bad old days, people sold products depending on what commissions and what presents and what trips people went on, not what not what was necessarily good for the client. Just continuing this conversation before we get to the markets. In the old days, there was one of the top banks took me to, uh, where was it now? They flew me on this old DC-3 aircraft and then went on one of those luxury trains and we went to Victoria Falls and spent a night there. And then the next year, they chartered a, a private jet and took all journalists to an Indian Ocean island for two nights. Yeah. That can never happen again. I think that does still happen where clients, where, where corporations entertain journalists and that, yeah. because there's no law governing that, but certainly in financial services, we can entertain our clients, but we can't entertain Brokers and brokers can't entertain, well, more correctly, brokers can't entertain us. Oh. And we also, we also can't go to life insurance. We can't entertain the, the, the non-independent, the, sorry, we can't entertain the independent retailers of our products. We can't give them competitions. And if you hit this sales target, we'll take you to the Bahamas and that. And I think justifiably so. Yeah, that's quite right. I mean, it's tantamount to a, a brown envelope or oh, actually bribery. Uh, well, it's, but... it's the, it's, it's, it, it is effectively saying that the end client doesn't get the best advice. The end client buys the product where the broker gets the highest or the best prize or the best commission 
and and all of this. And that's what started all of this. Know your client and client comes first, which really started getting going, I suppose, mid nineties. Yeah. Okay. Lots going on this week. One thing that stood out to me was the the fall in the GDP of China down to 2.9%. Yes. I remember reporting many, many years ago of, you know, 11, 12% rises, and it was almost an inexorable rise to the world's biggest economy. But of course, then it all fell in, yes. well, it didn't fall in a heap, it just gradually came down, obviously, off a yes. high base. Yes. Uh, but th this, yeah. is, this is different, especially with the population rate falling. Correct. Look, the main reason for the 2.4% was zero COVID, eh? Mm. So it's going to pick up this year, but probably won't go much above four percent. I don't, I don't think. And um, the aging population is very interesting. Uh, I mean, uh, Japan also aging population, and they've been in effectively uh, uh, let's call it deflation or let's call it a recession or stagnant growth since the late 1980s. But that wasn't really related. It wasn't directly related to the aging population. It was because they went crazy in the 19, in, in the late 1980s with free money. I mean, you were paying in the late 1980s, you were paying a million dollars for a square meter of property in Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. And the stock market, I think, this, yeah, the stock market peaked at 45 or 47,000. I know, it was, it was madness. Stock was seven. Yeah. It was crazy. So that's the main reason for their deflation. But of course, the aging population means all the old bullets like you and I worry uh, more about me. our retirement. We don't just spend all of our money. You need young people. They've got energy. They get the economy going, although it's not guaranteed that with a high proportion of young people, you'll have a booming economy. We can look at South Africa. But to truly enter a new growth phase in any country, which is exactly what happened in China and what happened in Japan, you've got to have a reasonably young population. There are parallels between the Japan situation from decades ago and what's happening in China now. Never mind COVID, if you strip that out, young Chinese people are not getting married and they're not making babies. And that's exactly what happened in Japan. And maybe that's a trend. Maybe that's the new normal. I don't know. But we'll see in the next, well, in, the next look, in the next year, I suppose. Population rates, population rates definitely decline the richer a country gets, eh? hmm. definitively. And that's also the other factor in Japan, because it's still one of the richest countries in the world per capita. And that's what's happening in China. But of course, China was exacerbated by the one-child policy for so long, people just got used to it. You know, they only, they only scratched, when did they stop that? 10 years ago, 12 years ago? It wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't long and ago people at all. Realized that, people realized that one child... You can give them more attention. You can give them better education. You can look after them better, et cetera, et cetera. And the, just the psychology of one child, you know, that also didn't help. In fact, there was a Chinese official out yesterday who actually said it was a policy mistake. I mean, imagine hearing that out of China, that mm. they actually made a mistake from a communist country. So, yeah, you know, they, yeah, so they, um, India now has got a bigger problem. Population in China. They're projecting that it will be the world's most oh, it, populous country okay. in the future, given the growth of the population, you know, statistically anyway, compared to yeah, China. Okay, so they're not, they're not there yet. Not there yet, but they, they're, they're, China, they're certainly getting there, which is disturbing. It was something like the net birth rate of 6.7 per, per thousand. Hmm. 
I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's really low. Oh, and it's going to continue. Again, the Chinese uh, don't want to get married and they don't want to procreate. So anyway, it's an interesting one, especially from a South African point of view, because if the economy stagnates, then obviously they're not going to be buying as many commodities as they would yes, normally do. That's, so, you know, a, 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 the, the aging population is a very long trend story before it actually works out in economics. And as we spoke about earlier on, this next year is going to be quite good for China in comparison to the last year. So that's good for South Africa. And that's why our mining shares are screaming. And that's why our RAND's doing okay. Mm. Okay, well, that's a good it's analysis because of as well. This recovery. Let's move to yeah. the markets. Where US earnings season is upon us, and we'll talk about that next week once there's been a week's worth of data to analyze. But I want to ask you an interesting question because US retail sales came in lower than expected today. And that sort of leans towards the theory of many people that the world is going into recession. How deep the recession yes. is, should it come, is up for debate. But here's my question to you. And I have formulated this question this afternoon. If the world goes into recession, where would you rather be equity-wise? Would you rather be in defensive stocks, like, for example, Clicks or Discam or ShopRite, because people have to go there on a daily, weekly basis, whatever yes. it is. Would you rather be there or would you rather be with the Shapiro camp where you would buy Ferrari yeah. or LVMH or Richemont? Which yeah. of the two would you choose, yeah. luxury or necessity? Okay. Okay. It's all dependent on your timing. And this is where a lot of people don't understand the share market and maybe where uh, you, it's not an intuitive the share market doesn't have an intuitive reaction. The time to go into defensives and not growth shares is actually about six to eight to nine months before a recession happens because the market looks forward. Right now, the growth shares have already been pounded. So right now, today, you know, maybe it's time to go to the Shapiro camp and buy the growth shares because they're looking forward to interest rates being cut later this year and a continued market and economic recovery. So, you know, the share market makes an estimation of what's going to happen in a year to 18 months' time, and that's reflected in the current price, not, not today's reality. In other words, when the tech shares started collapsing as interest rates went up, you know, that was nine months before you even, you know, before any sort of recession was even thought about, you know. So the market, the market looks forward. So what's your answer? Clicks or LVMH? Uh, right now, I'll be in growth. Okay. LVMH, right now. Right, okay. That's interesting. And they're, in a way, they're both recession-proof, aren't they? Because the super-rich, the ultra-wealthy, can afford it no matter what the world's economy is doing. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, must, people must, need to but, shop. Yeah, I've, I've got a slightly different take on that. I think the truly ultra-wealthy might buy the odd yacht or two and have many holiday homes. Yeah. But I've seen some very rich people who, you know, their church has got a hole in it. Because, you know, if, if, if you truly are rich, you don't have to impress other people with, your, with the name tag on your shoes or your handbag or your sunglasses or whatever. You truly don't have to. People know you're rich. Yeah. That's so a very I, interesting I don't point. think the truly, truly, truly ultra, I don't think the top, hundred people, the richest people in the world do that. It's people who clearly have got money, but they aspire to be, they want to be seen to be rich. 
because if they're not, if they don't wear the fancy outfits and the handbag and the shoes and the watch, people wouldn't even know who they are. Mm. You know, so yes. Anyway, that's my that's my take on luxury. It's a very interesting analysis, actually. I mean, I own, I own a lot of luxury goods. What yourself or in, in your portfolios? No, personally, I mean, I, I can't wait. Oh, to of go course, to yes, the your your car collection. Scene. Yeah, but that's not an accumulation of wealth no, and no, to be flashy. No, that is because no, it's a no, passion. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like being, I don't even drive the old cars, so no one sees me in them. Mm. They don't like driving them because they haven't got air conditioning and they haven't got power steering. And, <laughs> and, and with the traffic and everything, yeah, you're crazy to drive an old car. But yeah. So the reason you own them is not to drive them, it's just because you love tinkering. No, it's to work on them. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like working on them. Really? Gosh, your, your partner must – I mean, it's probably the, the best thing. Instead of going out to play golf, you go and open the hood of a Jaguar, you tinker, and then exactly she, can, she can be on her own doing whatever she's doing. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everyone needs own time. Hmm. Firm believer of that, and lucky enough, so is she. Very good. Yeah, a match made in heaven. Wayne, let's talk about your trip. Last week, we couldn't expand upon our market chat because you had to go to some other uh, media appointment. You went to Mauritius, and I could tell from the way you were speaking that you loved every second of it, and you confirmed that to yes, me. Yes, then you went lovely. back to South Africa. Then you went to the UK. You went to Britain. Now, I want to ask you this. I went to the Londres, yeah. Yeah. Could you live there? Mm. Yes, I could. Ah. But I'm not moving there now. Life in South Africa would have to deteriorate significantly. And I mean significantly before I would consider moving to the UK. And I may, in fact, move to Australia or something like that. Oh, no, first. please don't say but that. The question is, yes, I could live. I could live in the UK. Well, that's interesting. And is it because of things like load shedding and uncertainty no, it's, and it's, unemployment it's, and all that sort yeah, of thing? Or is it because you like the UK? No, I don't like the UK, but, you know, you asked me a question, could I live there? And yes, I could live there. Oh. Because there's plenty of positive attributes. I mean, the, 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 when the sun's shining and it's not raining, it's truly a beautiful country. There's lots of history there. There's plenty of places to visit and things to do and places to see and things happening and excursions and all of these things. I mean, there, it truly is. I mean, you could go to a restaurant every week for the rest of your life and not go back to the same one once. Hmm. I mean, truly, it's astonishing how many places there are to eat in London. But there obviously are negatives. The biggest one's the weather. And the second one is, hell, it's crowded. Eh? There's people there. It's a lot of people. It's crowded. Hmm. lot of people. Yeah. And okay, uh, you mentioned restaurants. Tell me your best food experience in the UK. Because in the old days, people used to say, oh, Britain, you know, it's, it's roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, and that's all you've got. And fish and chips. But it's no, no, changed no, but that's, dramatically but that's now. British food. Mm. Maybe one restaurant in 20 is a British restaurant. Yeah. All of them are from all over the world. So you can eat whatever you want to. But I'll just very quickly tell you about yeah. my British experience. I had a steak and ale pie with oh, a yeah. crispy, flaky pastry with mushy peas ah. and some chips. And <laughs> it was absolutely delicious. In a fact, pub? I had it more than once. Was it in a was, pub? Well, actually, in the little 
hotel I was staying at, they had a restaurant downstairs. Oh, yeah, it was truly delicious. Oh, gosh. That's one thing you don't get in the Netherlands is a, a really good pie. Now I'm drooling again. But you had a good time. You enjoyed it. Yes, I had a nice time. Thanks. Very good. Okay, Wayne, thank you very much for your time. And um, we'll speak again next week about more important matters like US earnings and that sort of thing. Wayne McCurry is from FNB Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.